Hello, everyone. I'm Paige Smith with After School, a podcast project from Simon Fraser University's Faculty of Communication, Art, and Technology. After School showcases FCAT alumni in traditional and unconventional career paths across communications, interactive art and technology, contemporary arts, publishing, and digital media. We would like to respectfully acknowledge the Musqueam, Squamish, Tsleil-Waututh, Katsi, Coquitlam, Kakat, Kwantlen, Semiama, and Tawasin peoples whose unceded traditional territories our three campuses reside. In today's episode of After School, the School of Interactive Art and Technology student Amena Salman speaks with Jordan Yep, a junior product designer at Jostel, an employee success program. They discuss the leap from working in school to higher pressure employment situations, the challenges of finding junior design positions in a post-pandemic market, and creating bigger impacts in smaller settings. I hope you enjoy the episode. One of the greatest lessons I learned from a mentor was that in your 20s is the time to learn and in your 30s is the time to earn. Hi, everyone. Today in the studio, we are welcoming Jordan Yep. Jordan is a recent-ish graduate, 2020, so it hasn't been too long, and he's currently working as a junior product designer at Jossel, um, and also runs a podcast, too, so I'm really excited to have someone who is also into podcasting like I am. But without further ado, I'll let you kind of introduce yourself a little bit better than me, so go ahead. Yes. Well, thank you for having me. It's definitely different to be back at a digital studio rather than like an in-person studio yeah. back, like in the Seattle days. And unfortunately, we're not in Studio B. That was like the plan. That was like the goal with this. I was like, take me back into Studio B and we'll get together. Mm-hmm. Oh man, anyway, Studio B holds so many memories for it me. It really does. Like, right, like, like all those days, like doing group projects and yeah. panicking like <laughs> hours before grit. <laughs> I know, that's literally like, that's what everyone says. And I'm like, it's so, I don't know. I feel like I liked it because it was like the only studio with windows. So it's the only studio that gave like CS students actual perception of time. <laughs> yeah. As to like your like late night. Um, anyways, kind of going, we already talked about our Seat lives, but uh, kind of starting from the beginning, way back when, when you were a young student, um, kind of talk me through the process of how you kind of came into Seat and what really interested you into this field. Yeah, so I actually came into Seat in a very different way. So like I knew about Seat in high okay. school, but I actually started SFU in economics. And like at the time, like I was still explaining what do I want to do. So I was explaining BD, I was explaining CopSci at the time. Mm-hmm. And actually, like I discovered, I, I looked into Seat around summer 2013, and I took two electives and actually took very different electives than like what most non-CIA students do before coming to CIA. So okay. I actually took I at 110, but I also took I at 167 as an elective because <laughs> I was, yeah, because I did my first comp sci course and like oh, okay, in first year okay. comp sci. And I'm like, hmm, maybe I want to explore like the CIA side. Mm-hmm. I took that programming course and I'm like, hmm, this is kind of cool. So I thought about CIA for another year. And then in my third year, I finally said, I, I want to do this. So okay. I, I jumped into the CIA department and haven't looked back since. So you mentioned that you had done comp sci and you kind of got interested in it through like 
interactive programming field so was that kind of your trajectory or like did it because you're working as a product designer which is not very like coding heavy so kind of how did that transition happen yeah so for me like I was always interested in kind of the business side in terms of case studies so I was Mm -hmm. super interested at the time in marketing case studies but then I found that maybe it's not marketing I want to do is like I actually want to do kind of actual products but that was always in the back of my head I actually started doing video first and I actually did a video co-op first and then for the provincial government and from there I worked on BC's implementation of electronic healthcare records and from there like moving like from a paper-based system to a digital-based system was super cool in terms of this idea of digital transformation and for me that made me realize that I didn't want to be on the side communicating it I wanted to actually be doing this and that's what really led me into UX at the end of the day. You're obviously talking about your co-op so um, (laughs) you started with the videography co-op how many co-ops did you end up doing? Three? I ended up doing three co-ops, so okay. about two years of co-op. So okay, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a long time to do three co-ops. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, now, so you mentioned that the it was like the digital transformation uh, that kind of led you into where you wanted to go forward. So you started as, at Vancouver Coastal House. Mm-hmm. And then I'll see what I can remember off of me lurking on your LinkedIn page. And then you did a, you, and then you mentioned you did a UX co-op. And then what was yeah. your last co-op? Yeah, so I did the UX co-op for four months at the city of Vancouver. And yeah. then I ended up doing a full 16-month internship at SAP as a UX design intern Ooh. on Analytics Cloud. Very cool. And so then um, I think at this point you were at the end of your graduation. Yeah. So, yeah. So like I started pretty much as an eight month co-op at SAP and then they decided to extend me. So I spent another eight months there just as in a sense, like a contracted intern. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, And how was that? Because um I mean SAP is like one of the I guess the big names at CS so can you tell us a little bit about your experience there um and how it felt like working with such a big corporation yeah so I was very lucky to work on a product called analytics cloud which is kind of a BI database platform Mm -hmm. so think about like Microsoft Excel but at a higher scale like for large companies and data sets so it was super interesting working on for that company and especially because SAP is such an engineering driven company that yeah. designer that they're starting to embrace design so it was super interesting to be kind of part of that embracing of design and UX and I think that it's it's interesting to work in a big company even though like there are big processes that you have to follow and of course there are politics um it's a really good place to learn because you learn how to design at scale because I think in Seattle mm-hmm. we definitely like our designing at the smaller scale but of course once customers are paying for a software you have to make sure that hey like this software has to work for people who have like 100 employees or who have like 10,000 employees so it's definitely a challenge to design for yeah 
my I've been talking to friends who are doing co-op and it's they talk about the same thing it's like even though we're working in Seattle with like different companies and things like that for projects like once you go out there and there's people actually like paying you and they're like expecting things from you like on yeah. a bigger larger like I guess more of an impacted scale it's mm-hmm. a very like stressful and it really like either turns people into like oh my god this is so fun and so exciting or like uh <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Um, so, uh, I guess your current job, so as you mentioned, is a junior product designer at Jostle. Um, yes. how did that come, did that come about from another co-op or was this just like you job searching after, um, you graduated? Yeah. So this came up in a job search after graduation. I think I actually found Jostle because one of my former co-op friends uh, from SAP actually was mm-hmm. a co-op at Jostle. So I think that's initially how I found out about Jostle and like, I'm like, oh, cool, congrats, dude, you got the job. And then I <laughs> peeked on, like, the Jostle page. And I'm like, hey, they're hiring a product designer. So, it's like, oh, me ooh. too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the job search is definitely, like, the job search was how I, I found Jostle because I was applying for jobs since about January 2020. And then right. I landed my first interview around late May, early June. Oh, so. wow, yeah, that's a hassle. So I guess, I mean, because you did graduate like right at the beginning of lockdown and all of that yeah. for the pandemic. Like, how was that doing a kind of like your, because I feel like um, the students now that are graduating are still feeling the impacts of that initial like drop. Um, so how was that for you? Yeah, it was tough. Um, I was actually looking, still looking for internships at the time, but a lot of internships ended up getting canceled. So mm-hmm. that's when I said I, I might as well just graduate. Um, but it's it's a very tough market out there because a lot of designers did get laid off like right at the beginning of the pandemic. So yeah. of course the companies that were hiring, they ended up scooping up those designers. And even to this day, there really is a lack of junior jobs out there. And I and initially like this job for Jostle, I think, was more so advertised at the intermediate level because mm-hmm. uh, they were looking for someone with three years experience and I only technically have almost just about a year and a half of UX right. experience so thankfully they they give me a chance and I'm really thankful for that <laughs> but, but yeah it, it, it's tough like when I interviewed for jobs like for intermediate and even I interviewed for some senior level positions they're like yeah like you really like your experience you just don't have enough experience mm-hmm. in the field we like your experience but there's not enough of it exactly <laughs> that's, so, like, oh, that's like the worst thing ever especially like once you're right out of graduation you're like this is why i'm here i'm here to gather experience exactly right yeah. but yeah it's it's tough it's definitely tough um so kind of talking about jostle and your journey here so what do you exactly work on as a product designer at this company so I'm very lucky that we Jostle is a startup and we are a smaller team. So I get to really, I get to focus on like very specific areas of the product. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm the sole designer in a sense in kind of determining the future of the features I design. So mm-hmm. of course, just to give some context, Jostle is, we are in a sense an employee internet that does, we help leaders build connected organizations so that everyone can work and unite and grow together. So we've, even though Jostle has been around for a bit, we've helped 
over a thousand organizations and we help industry leading employee participation rates. And it, it's a really interesting place to be because we're building an employee internet that is different than your typical internet, which is page-based. We want to focus more so on what matters most to people and organizations. And mm -hmm. it's really cool to kind of really build out that vision as, as a product designer. Yeah, especially like especially with startups, you have so much say and so much control of the future of how it's going to progress. So mm -hmm. that's quite that's it's like it's kind of scary almost to think about as it's like it's like I am making it final is. decisions. Like, yeah, it, that's the thing that really shocked me. Like when I first got into the field, like as a UX and product designer, it's this idea that you are in a sense responsible for the yeah. design at the end of the day, like you in a sense have to make the final call sometimes between like balancing product management, balancing engineering and thinking about what really is the best practices for UX and what is gonna be the future of this feature. Cause of course you don't wanna mess something up cause you need the feature to scale up at the end of the day. Yeah. I guess like, yeah, working on a scale that doesn't even, like working to design for a scale that doesn't exist yet is, mm -hmm. that's, I mean, that's a lot of future thinking. That's a lot of wrinkly brain work. <laughs> it is, definitely. I guess, oh, well, I'm really curious about is, so you're working mm -hmm. at Jostle and you have so much, as a startup, it's very like hands-on, you kind of have your foot in different um I don't know what the euphemism is, but you, you're kind of doing everything. Um, yeah. But then you also came off of a year and a half at SAP, which is mm -hmm. super like company-based. There's a strict order to everything. You're kind of confined to the role that you're playing. So I guess um, if you have really unique experiences, like do you have, um, like, can you kind of speak to what it's like to work for two different types of like company setups? So my analogy is always this idea of a pie. So in a big company, you're a small piece of a big pie. And in a, sorry, in a large company, you're a small piece of a big pie. But a small company, you're a big piece of a small pie. So um, for me, it's this idea of like, you get to create more impact at the end of the day, usually at a smaller company because you get to really work on robust features and kind of uh, areas of the product that are beginning to grow at right. scale so to me that's definitely why I gravitated towards I wanted to try working more so for a startup right after graduation because I had that kind of big I got to work for the big company but I never worked for a small company before mm -hmm. the difference the biggest difference I found at, between like big companies like SAP and small companies like Jostle is that the pacing of product design so mm -hmm. at a big company like SAP, sometimes design moves a bit slower at the end right. of the day. So like when I was designing features at SAP, I would have the designs ready, but sometimes there wasn't a development team ready to take it on yet. Or in the case, like when I worked on, on like different teams, sometimes you have to wait for the technical resources to become available. So for example, you need APIs like from mm -hmm. like one area of the product to communicate with the APIs of another area of the product. So there is kind of that bigger delay in a bigger company. Mm -hmm. Something that was super refreshing I found at Jostle in a small company, which I really like is that if I can propose a design, like mm -hmm. the design is pretty much almost ready to go into development. and could even go into development like next week, like the feature okay. I'm designing right now, like today or yesterday that I presented on, it's going into kind of, it's going to be engineered starting next week. So that's a super 
refreshing change that I really like about kind of smaller startups. And also like the, the big advantage to me about a startup is that you do have more of a voice at the end of the day. So I get to really help impact product decisions. And I actually work directly with the CEO, who's the product manager of the company. So that that was scary at first, (laughs) directly into the CEO of the company as a junior product designer. But but yeah, it's it's super refreshing because I really like this idea of like how as a designer, I can really make a significant impact at the end of the day Mm -hmm. to the product, which is a nice refreshing change. Yeah, I think that's something, I mean, oh, well, first off, you like reporting to the CEO, like I heard about that, and I was like, oh my god, I, I can I can feel your stress, I just imagine like a small little, like, Judy was like, hi, <laughs> 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 but, um, that's, I, I think that's the main thing that I've heard the most, is it's you, I feel with like bigger companies, yeah, they're super cool to work at, but you don't get to really see or feel like where that all that work that you're doing where it's kind of going but with the startup you have so much impact as you mentioned that like any small little like idea that you make gets immediately like oh let's talk about this more oh (laughs) oh how can we expand on this so you get to really feel that like oh I actually have a lot of impact and growth here and and also I think it's important to realize like also like that yes like startups do pay less than big companies and I think that compensation like does attract like some people want bigger compensation at the end of the day which is totally understandable but one of the greatest lessons I learned from a mentor was that in your 20s is the time to learn and in your 30s is the time to earn and I really Mm -hmm. took that to heart because like I did like during my job process I did interview for bigger companies who were of course going to offer like higher compensation but to me like I found that I didn't sometimes resonate as well with the big companies. And to me, like, I've never worked for a startup before. And I'm like, I might as well try that when I'm still in my 20s and kind of really explore that to see if that's what I want in the future. So Yeah, I think that's such a good, I've never heard of that. And I don't know why, because that's the 20s is your time to learn and 30s is your time to earn. Because I feel like as soon as we graduate, we have this weird expectation of get a job, to become immediately become financially stable and then like live out the rest of your life like this um when in reality I think through everyone that I've talked to has been like yeah I've like switched three jobs I'm doing like completely different from what I started out with um because mm-hmm. it's the reality is that you're not gonna find what you immediately love or are really passionate about right away exactly yeah and even like when people like when you when students go do co-op searching i encourage students not to be picky about the like too too picky about the companies that you first like for your first step in the door i think it's more so important that you do begin to build up that experience uh, from like your co-op days and then as you graduate like even like when you work for as a junior product designer, it's okay to kind of take a pay cut in compensation for kind of what will you gain in experience in terms of driving products at the end of the day. Yeah. And I think that's what, like, I mean, we were talking earlier about how companies are like, I want three to five years of experience. And you're like, ah, mm-hmm. but I think that's exactly it. Like kind of with that mentality where you mm-hmm. take the time right now to really like, get that experience and it's not just like one type of experience like any job that you do you'll learn so much you'll gain so many outcomes from it like and opportunities that that will really like 
aid you in the future. I don't think there's any job that really will hinder you um, as you go forward. If you're able to like walk me through your day-to-day at um, Jasper. Yeah, so pretty much my day-to-day is a bunch of stand-ups. So I work on different areas of the product. So we have stand-ups, which is a place where like the engineers and product management usually get together okay. to talk about what they're doing for the week. And then from there, I usually do kind of one-on-ones with my manager but, uh, every two weeks. So kind of talking about how I want to grow at the company. And then I also do a lot of um, individual one-on-ones with developers as I'm designing features because mm-hmm. as a product designer you need to really think about feasibility at the end of the right. day along with scalability and this is technically possible right. so making sure that I do those things with my developer with the developers I work with and product managers to really think about how can we scale up a product because when it comes to a design review when you get all the stakeholders in a room to either give it the green light or the red light you need to really have all your use cases very robust and everything pretty much well in place. Like even like before this recording today, I just came out of a design review, like of a feature I was working on for about a month and a half. Oh so. man, I'm so sorry. I like really caught you at a real stress time. Oh no, 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 no worries about it. It, it was, it, it was a design. It was a really fun design review. So. Okay. I'm glad. I'm glad that's going well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, you are very new. You're still kind of, you know, fresh out and of school and still are kind of like working your way up. So I guess for you just personally, um, where do you see yourself going? I mean, like not just company wise, but more like personal development and kind of the roles you want to play in the future. Um, because as I mentioned, you do also do podcasting. And so this is obviously like an interest of yours. Um, so yeah, where do you see yourself like, I guess, personally developing in the career field if that makes sense (laughs) yeah uh so i really still would like to be like a maybe a senior product designer maybe Mm -hmm. five years from now or or design lead i i really like this how how challenging product design is because you are solving a puzzle in a sense at the end of the day but a digital puzzle and it's, it's super cool to really be in a sense on the forefront of pushing out software that thousands of people could use at the end of the day or in the case of SAP millions of people use even potentially so to me even like I'm thinking about product management in the future and taking product management courses because what's what I found with product design is that you need to both kind of have this knowledge of in a sense how engineering works Mm -hmm. think about how the scalability of your design is going to work but also the product management side so thinking about what is the business aspect of this how are customers going to use this how can this scale in like five years from now for customers so it's important to not only understand the business side the technical side and also the design side it's important that you understand all all three it's in a sense this idea of the design unicorn except that's what you really need to do to succeed in product design <laughs> I mean, wait what's the design I just, what's the design unicorn the design unicorn yeah. it's, just, it's like there's this like mystical idea that the ideal product designer is someone who can code someone who can design and someone who has business knowledge it was oh, something wow. i learned in seat so <laughs> one of my props 
as someone who's kind of fresh in their career, but you've also done a lot in uh, during your time in SIA and kind of your degree, um, what would be, and you also came from a background of like, like economics and comp sci and like, so you really have gone through a journey um, to kind of get yes. to where you are. <laughs> so what would be like, what advice would you give to kind of students uh, right now who, I mean, I guess they're almost in like their final year, like what advice would you give to them as they kind of set forward into the real quote unquote real world? Yes. Uh, so I highly, highly recommend that students do co-op and I would also recommend that students be very open to trying small companies, medium companies, large companies, or even like different kind of areas like government, for example. I find that a lot of students, when they start co-op, they immediately, they want to go like to Google, Facebook, like Fangle, companies like SAP. And like, yeah. that's great, but it, it's very like for me, like when I work at S, when I applied to work at SAP, I actually over the past since 2016, I applied like multiple times. I got rejected already twice from two different teams at SAP beforehand over the past like three years. Mm -hmm. And then like my third time I applied to SAP, like with the interview, I finally landed the job. And I think it's important that students do explore other areas because the government, working in government taught me so much. Um, working at a startup has taught me different lessons and working at SAP has taught me different lessons. And I really like to have, I diversified set of experiences before I decide what, like where I want to land mm -hmm. in my final final career right. at the end of the day so they've applied to a bunch of jobs now they're in that job interview process what advice would you give to students at that process my advice is really determine what do you stand for as a mm -hmm. designer um, I think that design is important because you need to have a voice in design like what do you want to do as a designer to impact the products you design at the end of the day so for me like my ethos is that I want to be able to build products that can help people be better at the end of the day so to me that resonated like with the city of Vancouver because I wanted to help people vote at the end right. of the day I wanted to help people guide them to city information like when I was at SAP I want to be able to help businesses make better business decisions at the end of the day whether they're a big company or a small company because even right. like with the product redesign it was actually used by a hospital in the U.S. to help track COVID patients and like COVID bed units in mm -hmm. ICU I think okay. and then even today at JASA like we're helping organizations at the end of the day build better so to right. me that's what really I think is important is like who do you, what do you stand for as a designer because there's lots of boot camp grads there now there's tons of CED grads and everyone's applying for the same job so what's going to make you stand out at the end of the day and to me that's just your stance as a designer so kind <laughs> of going into um like staying on your job search what do you think one thing that you did um that really helped you kind of I guess especially during like you know job search really like uh, differentiate you and really help you to become a bit more I guess ready for industry for for me it's about reflecting on a project so for me I redesigned two academic projects in the past so yeah. I redesigned my I at 4 project and then I also did a small mini redesign to one of my I at 438 projects as I got feedback you know, through mm -hmm. the 
to the, to the months after my project finished. And I think that is it's super important that you can reflect on what you've done in the past, because usually like in a big product organization, like SAP and even at JASA, like you're working on existing products. You're not sometimes designing something brand new from scratch. Mm-hmm. You need to think about kind of what were problematic areas that we that we implemented in the past and how can that be fixed for the future so to me those exercises really helped me actually get my foot in the door because even like for even like doing side projects as well because my first co-op I got the job because I did side projects for Mm -hmm. like videography and then for the city of Vancouver they really liked the redesign I did for my i 4 app and that's ultimately Mm -hmm. how I got the job so um, I think it's important that you can in a sense redesign areas of your projects that you've done in the past and also it, it it works really well in interviews because then they can see very specific areas that you designed because one big problem is that with group projects is sometimes employers question okay what aspect did you specifically work on right. so if you're able to kind of redesign areas of the product with very sound reasoning then that kind of showcases like hey I, I did this like this is my redesign that I did so yeah, I think that's really important. showing you what you're capable of, not just what your like group made. So yeah, because like usually, like once you get into like a big product organization, you're sometimes you're on your own with the design and you're oh, responsible okay. for it. So there's not always like group work in like big organ in like organizations. Sometimes like you do collaborate on projects, but there are projects where kind of you are the sole designer responsible. We're coming to an end. Um, I usually like to ask a very um, thought-provoking question towards the end. So my <laughs> question is, uh, what inanimate object would you eliminate from existence? Like if there's this one Ooh. random inanimate object that you're like, just doesn't need to exist, what would that be? That's a very good question. <laughs> Ooh. Sometimes I wish I could eliminate my phone, to be honest. I feel like, yeah. even though like I work in the digital field, yeah. sometimes I feel like we're, I'm so connected in at the end of the day, and especially like during remote work and kind of hybrid work, sometimes I just yeah. want to shut off. So <laughs> if I could just like eliminate my phone, sometimes I think that would be something that I would like to do. Really do. Yeah, I feel like they really need to bring back like flip phones with yeah. like, just like limited <laughs> capabilities. They get they get done what they need to do and then you're just like you know you flip it over and you shut out <laughs> the rest yeah. of the world. Yeah, it's like I, I miss like I've never I haven't I haven't used a flip phone in ages, but like I kind of wish I could do the fact that I don't like this and like just snap the phone Thank you so much for coming into my virtual little studio. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come and talk about, I mean, the varied experience that you have. And you had some really good insights into, especially into like current students and helping them uh, progress into their future. So thank you so much. No problem. Senior students definitely helped me out when I was a young and young and bean as a senior student. <laughs> If you enjoyed the episode, please let us know by following us on Spotify or reaching out to us on our Instagram at SFU. Other than that, we'll catch you in this video next time. 
After School is a podcast project from Simon Fraser University's Faculty of Communication, Art and Technology. This has been our conversation with Jordan Yep, hosted by Amena Salman. The After School podcast is created by Tessa Arsenault, Emma Keeler-Duga, Stacey Coplin, myself, Paige Smith, and each of our student hosts. You can learn more about SFU's Faculty of Communication, Art, and Technology at our website, sfu.ca slash fcat. And you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn with our handle fcat at SFU. That's fcat at SFU. You can learn more about SFU School of Interactive Art and Technology at sfu.ca slash siat. And you can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at SIATSFU. Next time on After School, we'll be hosting a conversation with Kristen Richter, co-founder and creator of The Social Agency and alumna of SFU School of Communications. See you next time.